becoming an angel event back to Chicago and just scrambled up here to my computer. And here I am. <laughs> glad so, to be here. I'm so glad you did. Yeah, let's talk about it. I, I just love to hear since the whole weekend was this like awesome whirlwind, uh, like a, the kind of whirlwind that's nice to be in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I just want to hear a little th- a thought. Like, what, what's your impression? Where, how are you feeling now from it? What's something that struck you over the the course of the weekend? So, Cara, how did you enjoy it? Oh, I totally loved every minute of it. It was so gratifying to get to meet some of the people we've been talking to online for Mm -hmm. all these years and see their faces and hear what their voices sound like. And I was so touched that all these people, like there were several times we were journaling about whatever the topic was. And I would just put my own pen down and just look at the Zoom screen and see all these people just bent over writing like these wannabe angels like really working on it and thinking about it and so encouraging and helpful of each other it was very moving yeah you ever get that feeling someone's watching you when you're awesome yeah i i found it just so spiritually nourishing for myself like i mean of course everything cara said about connecting with people and stuff but I love listening to the talks and like listening to your talk, Curtis and Karen's and Jonathan's. Like it was just amazing. I felt so fed by it. So I was doing the journaling and and taking notes and and so it it was just it just went phenomenally well. It was so great. And now for a rebuttal, Karen, <laughs> what do you think? Do you have fun? I am in full agreement. It was it was wonderful. It was uplifting to gather together on this around this topic of becoming an angel you know the the why we're here Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just yeah conversing with people in all our small small groups i loved all the talks too and uh the small group discussions were so sweet and wonderful and chatting with people just it felt like people were beaming all weekend Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was actually hard for me to go back to the world where you know on on my travels home on the airplane i found not a you know, the person next to me didn't necessarily want to talk and talk about <laughs> these things. I was thinking that's that's what life is, right? And oh yeah, well, not always. <laughs> I really loved talking with you all uh, who came, and look forward to doing it again someday. Yeah, yes. I, I could just picture sort of like the vibe of one of those movies where somebody gets tran- transplanted out of this idyllic existence into the real world, and that the you current on the airplane, like, so what do you think about life after death? <laughs> I I loved it. Um, I, I loved yeah, yeah. Everybody was so uh, friendly and earnest about mm-hmm. like really wanting to like dig deep. You knew that every single person that was going to you know, come up to you in the chat room had this like yeah. this strong love for what you cared about. And it was just yeah. this r- really fun space to, to have, you, you don't usually exist like that. So it was great. So, um, thank you to everyone who came. And if, if you didn't come, there's no way for you to ever see it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can catch up while it's not live. You have to wait a year for that. You can catch up on the recording of the entire thing. We taped the sessions. You can get that experience. Dive mm-hmm. deep with us. Just go to becomingangel.eventbrite.com and you can sign up for the video recorded. It's and the that li- link is in the description. That's so right. That's much easier than trying to type that out because it's event, B-R-I-T-E, yes. which is not how you really spell it. Okay, let's <laughs> let's get going. You you all, I think, know that you're supposed to ask questions in the chat, so you probably already started, but if you don't, ask some questions in the chat and let's get going. If you want to go to offtheleft.com slash donate, you can, you can make a contribution to what we do. We're not going to do the extra 15 minutes. So we're just all about tapped out from all the stuff we did over the weekend, but your donation will do the exact same thing it always does, which yes. is help make this programming possible. So thanks, and let's get to our first question, which is, Chronochromy, what does Swedenborg <laughs> say, if anything, about time in the afterlife? Which one of the chances Chronochromy would be asking yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> so, and if anything, oh, you know, yeah, there's something. What, what is yes. it, though, and, and can we remember it? Those are the two questions. So, <laughs> anyone have any thoughts about about uh, time and afterlife? Sure. Well, he he describes uh, that time in this world is a reflection of the way time works in the afterlife. But so, which is to say, in the afterlife, there are still seasons and uh, different times of day. Those sort of elements of the cycles of time that we're familiar with in this world, but 
in the afterlife, it's all is changing according to our internal spiritual state. So Swedenborg says it's not that, um, you know, in this world, the, our perception of time is dependent on the laws of physics and the way planets move and everything. And, but in the afterlife, it, it's about our inner state of, of love and wisdom and the spiritual state cycles that we go through. And, um, so it's a different, so there's still the appearance of time. So you're still living with that sense, but, uh, but it doesn't exist in the same way that it exists in this world. Yeah, and not, not to just only talk about the afterlife I experienced this whole time, but <laughs> at the end of it, we had some people saying, oh, I'm not ready for it to be over. I wish it would still yeah. go longer. I think that in the spiritual world, you're covered for stuff like that. I would think that mm-hmm. instead of there's this arbitrary clock that's taking us to the end of something, it's yeah. over when the state's over. Yeah, yes. when, you're, when your state yeah. of mind changes, when your state of heart changes. Yeah. Karin, do you have any thoughts about time? That means you always get a good night of sleep. I you hope. Know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be great. He doesn't minutes. talk about night much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I do. Yeah, just like Chelsea said, there's an appearance of time, meaning there are changes in the daylight and the seasons and things. But it is, yeah, it's all according to your state of mind and heart. And so if you're engaged in something and enjoying it and wanting it to continue, it's good. There's not any time that's going to stop you. But when you're starting to feel like uh, a shift would, would feel good, um, then uh, something shifts. So it's totally dependent on where your heart and mind are at, at the time. I was going to say, <laughs> at the not time. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, right. It's hard to not get a little circular with our definitions. I, yeah. I heard recently about some study that found that most people want to be done having a conversation before it ends. And they were like sort of studying the time when people wanted to be done talking to each other. But like conversations just keep going. And uh, but that won't happen in the afterlife. In the chat, let us know when you hit that point during each of our answers to these questions. <laughs> yeah, that, and I think about Swedenborg saying that every individual angel is going through their own time cycle, can be going through their own time cycle individually. So it's like yeah. somebody can be in their day state while someone else is in their night state. There is something where communities do it as well, but I, I get this right. thinking of sometimes what's going on in you and what's going on out there doesn't match. Like you're all amped up to, to go and do something, but but everything's closed because it's late. So, <laughs> Yeah, right. And, and yeah, he describes like in the morning in the spiritual world when people woke up in the morning. So there must be some shared sense of yeah. that progression of, of time. In a community. In a yeah. community. Um, yes. And he talks about, you know, that people are in the world of spirits for different lengths of time, depending on what their process is and sorting themselves out yep. after death before they've figured out their eternal home and yeah so it's sort of uh, your it, it runs by your inner clock not by some clock on the yeah. wall and you, you're just reminding <laughs> me though of the point that like we are no no man is an island right or whatever where it's like we are uh spiritually integrated with people all the time and so of course in the afterlife you would there would be just a natural shared state like even if you are in a night state, you're probably also connected to other spirits who are in a night state at that point. You know, you couldn't not be, because that's just the way our spiritual life works. You know, we're always connected to other yeah, spirits. Right. It was making me think of, you know, Narnia, and, you know, where it's always winter. Mm. Yeah. But anyway. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to connect to James. He's always in winter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, great. Well, that, that's a lot of cool stuff to think about with time in the afterlife, and it's a, it's a good summary but there's plenty always oh, plenty more in there um didn't we ever do a show about we, time oh yeah we did, we did. um how oh at eternity what was the title oh, how to live in eternity. How to live in eternity now yeah go watch that show that's all about time in the afterlife mm. okay thank you so much chrono chromie for the question let's go to question number two john childs do some evil spirits focus on reaching us through falsity and others more through our feelings. A little primer if you're just starting to watch. Swedenborg says that all this psychological stuff we experience, thinking and feeling, like Chelsea was just saying, is not an isolated 
um, the sort of start point, but it is connected to this big web of the whole spiritual world, much like now any device you have is not an isolated computer, but connected to the internet all the time and everything social. So, Sweetboy talks about hell and evil spirits and them trying to mess with his head and heart. And are there specialists that, that sort of prey on that stuff? I mean, I would think, yeah, but let's talk about it a little bit more. Yeah, um, so I'm thinking about how Swedenborg describes different levels of heaven and hell. And um, there's a spiritual heaven and a heavenly heaven or a celestial heaven. And the spiritual one is about more about wisdom, truth, that stuff. There's some kind of orientation that's deep there. And the celestial one is more about love. Um, And so hell has the mirror image and I forget the two terms that Swedenborg uses, but there are two terms Satans for and Satans and demons or devils and something, oh, yeah, something. Right. I, maybe it is Satans and demons. Anyway, so the same thing. One of them specializes in falsities, and the other level specializes in, like, evil loves. So I think there are different um, access points yeah. for yeah. different uh, phases of our own emotional process. It makes total sense that there would be. I mean, there's everything in nature specializes, so you, you think you'd have that as well. We had a donation. Thank you. But I realize now I, did, I, I missed the name when it came up. Is that something that you can... Jonathan. Jonathan, thank you so much. Yay. We are on the board. Wait, you know, even if we're not playing a game, we can still win that game. Yeah. I Okay, did Chelsea, do you have something on this? I do have enough, yeah. but you could go. I mean. Okay, well, I was just going to say, sometimes Swedenborg would describe in his journal of spiritual experiences particular evil spirits that got in and were very careful not to touch his thoughts because mm. he would know that they were there, that they only tried oh. to work on his feelings. So there certainly seem to be evil spirits that are doing that and doing that intentionally so as to avoid detection. And to sort of manipulate him. Yeah, and what yeah. was coming to my mind was how Swedenborg describes that we have different sorts of temptations that he goes through and when Swedenborg uses the word temptation it's like a spiritual crisis a a sort of phase spiritual state of difficulty where we're you know um being the good things that we love are being attacked by evil and falsity and the Lord's protecting us and we you know choose the good over evil and then the Lord strengthens us in in goodness and truth but so Swedenborg says that our we have sort of two major kinds of temptations we go through ones that are more focused on our thoughts and how we think about things and our beliefs and then another sort of deeper more intense kind of temptation that is really focused on our loves and and those feelings so I would just think like I don't know if Swedenborg ever really spells it out just like this but I would think that there's certain spirits that are really you know involved specialized like you were saying for those more intellectual temptations and then others that are more know how to really attack you on the on the level of what you love so. good great that they're putting in the work Man, <laughs> I, I feel like we're forgetting something oh yeah current <laughs> what do you think yeah i have a a note open from the new century edition that is is saying that where swedenborg makes the distinction evil spirits which are also sometimes called satans are associated with false thoughts love for the world and justifications of evil, whereas demons are associated with demonic loves, love, you know, the negative love of self and acting out the obsessions. So demons are more about the, the feelings, you know, the, the cravings and the desires and uh, Satan's or evil spirits are more focused on stirring up false thoughts. Mm-hmm. Those NCE people, super helpful. Yeah, they are. Super, to let them know for us, would you? Yeah. All right. I'll let them know. Cool. Thank you, John. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep going strong. What's the next question? We've, we've survived two. This is from David Santelli. He says, Ooh, what yes. kind of entertainment is there in mm-hmm. heaven? Do the actors who went to heaven continue acting mm-hmm. in heaven or what? Yeah, really. Like, it's okay. I didn't get the part, but maybe I'll get it in the heavenly production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all right. So that, if, yeah. you know, that's one of the, act, you know, things that Swedenborg does describe is theater productions in mm-hmm. in spirit in heavenly societies and so that that there's a whole you know art to it and so i i would think that yeah the 
the actors that we love in this world who have passed on, they are just, you know, hitting their prime in terms of their acting skills. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about basketball players. Like, because mm. people here are always saying, well, what if this person in their prime went against this person in their oh. prime? Does that ha- does it work like that? Epic tournaments. Also, they talked about, Swedenborg talked about, plays being used as moral education at times that in angelic societies they would portray uh, good states and then not all the way the opposite bad states but ones that sort of tended toward that so so it sounds like they're they're plays are doing some work as well yeah especially for children i think they he talks about that yes Um, representation yeah yeah and also yeah he talks about um like uh what's that word not like relaxation and recreation recreation Recreation, that's the word um so it does sound like he talks about banquets and you know sporting events and uh yeah plays and performances and things like that so like conferences yeah right 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 intellectual engagements that's right yeah yeah well karen do you have a a thought I think you mo- you guys mostly covered it. Yeah, I was uh, going to mention the uh, his descriptions of music concerts and games people play and socializing and banquets and beautiful gardens to stroll in. And yeah, definitely, like you were saying, theater, including comedy. I mean, there was a, a place oh, yeah. where he was talking about, you know, the, the, the plays and things. They won't have like evil, evil bad guys in their stories in heavenly plays, but there are like comedies, like <laughs> to try to kind of look at the things, uh, you know, tendencies you might want to avoid in your life. It's it's more uh, a comedic, you know, uh, uh, somebody acting that out in a, a comedic form. So it's not yeah. disturbing and hellish, but it's, it's fun <laughs> and a fun way to kind of think about things. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. And I'm Karen, I'm going to call on you first. Next, next Be question. Be prepared. I just feel like that's that's only fair. Christine, thank you very much, Christine. We had a donation. We're we're doing great. Oh, oh just as I was. Thank you, everybody. Much appreciated your support of our programming. We we couldn't do it without you. That's literal. Okay, next question, which is going to Karen. Liza Field, did Swedenborg perceive a purpose in physical illness? Oh, an easy one. Okay. Yeah. So Take it away, Karn. <laughs> physical illness is obviously something that's on a lot of people's minds right now, and it's just hard to think of what. Why would we ever want? Why would God ever allow this to exist? What? What? What good could come out of it? So I'm eager to hear, Karn, what's going on with it? No pressure, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is not a purpose to physical illness in that God made that happen. You know for some purpose. Uh, Physical illness is like all the troubles in this world. It's a result of human beings long, long, long ago getting, you know, falling into, uh, getting disconnected from heaven, getting more uh, enamored with the outer world and and, uh, the negative ego things that have arisen. So that has um, caused, you know, spiritual atmospheres and, and, and attitudes and things that just bring problems into this world and physical illness is one of those problems so there's not a perp like physical illness was not created by god uh, for a purpose it's a result of the fall of humanity and and negativity but um god uses any trouble that we go through in this world to help us um uh, go along the the journey to becoming an angel because through hard times um we do get shaken up you know like we get uh we have to make choices and um remember what's important and um and uh so facing challenges facing hardships is actually a very important part of our spiritual growth because then then we do need to think about how we need help and and what's important kindness and things like that so a lot of spiritual growth can come out of um, dealing with any hardship, including uh, physical illness. And I know I've just heard a lot of stories of people who that facing a challenge like that, um, yeah, just just gets them to resort their priorities. Um, so God brings good out of whatever happens 
does not cause any hardship, but just w will bring good out of it. So there's not a purpose to illness, but, uh, but I think you can find purpose through that experience. Like you can, you can, um, uh, seek purpose. You can seek now what, so what am I to be doing during this experience and what am I to be learning and what can I do to increase compassion for myself and others and, so that kind of thing, purpose can come out, you know, the, the good that God brings out of it can become purposeful, even though there's not a purpose to illness, so to speak. That's my thoughts about it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> Great. It does, it does sort of seem like the purpose of any, like the grand purpose that anything can lead us to, and I feel like physical illness can so often push us to that point, is to have to sort of surrender to love like Karen was saying you know like you so often need help from other people you realize you can't do it on your own you know it's sort of you know by providence kind of a perfect little concoction to get us to to sort of shake up our our ego and sense that you know we've got it all under control and you know we're, we're yeah. driving this thing and uh and so that's that's interesting to think about yeah I go ahead. I know you're breathing to give an answer but I just want to say thank you David <laughs> for this for a donation and i saw two comments asking how do we make a donation it's off the left eye.com slash donate look at what i made happen here <laughs> off the left eye.com slash donate thank you for the support we really appreciate it thank hope, you hope you've yes. still got your breath uh, i did okay great uh yes i was thinking along the same things about people learning to accept help from others and i've I've spoken with somebody who has worked with a lot of elderly people in the end stages of their life dealing mm. with big physical illnesses. Um, and she just felt so clearly that it was practice for them to let the love in so that when they do go to the next world and they're going to be surrounded by this love when they're first received by those angels – they'll have a little practice in opening themselves up yeah. to it, you know. <laughs> I just thought that was such a cool yeah. I love that. I yeah, love that cool. idea of like a your quest, a question of like, all right, I'm in pain right now. How can I let love in more deeply in this moment? You know, yeah, like even yeah. with like my aches and pains. That's yeah. like an interesting yeah, that's sort a great, of exercise. Oh, man. Yeah, you could do. carry that with you every day. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Karen, for the donation. We really appreciate it. I love that you were or both. Karen. Oh, Karen or Karen. I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, Forgive us either way. Uh, and if we just say both, then we know we got it wrong. <laughs> I love what you were both saying about that. And today, when I was doing some research for a talk about the inner and outer self, Swedenborg often does this with illness. He says, our, outer, our inner self usually doesn't shine through except when our outer self is put to sleep, as it is in times of misfortune or illness. Mm. Like when you get, when you have a health, when it's a movie cliche, I'm this Wall Street banker and I don't care about anything. <laughs> Suddenly I almost have a heart attack and I start thinking about my kids more, right? <laughs> this, this is, it, but it really does happen. I mean, I, I had okay. last year, I was having all this like acid reflux and all these problems. And for a little while, it just, it, I still feel the impact of that. But for a little mm -hmm. while, I just remember, like, everybody I looked at, I was like, I, I wonder if their body's doing okay. Is, are they all healthy? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> you never care about that. You just think, oh, this person's in my way and they're annoying. <laughs> so it's certainly, it's like I would not, I would never press the button that said, illness, please. But I, you can <laughs> see it does get you thinking about life yeah. in, in a, different, in a way. different way, for sure. For sure, yeah. Cool. Thanks, Liza. That's a great question. Let's do one more before we do our raffle giveaway. This is from B.E. Mm. How does one become evil? How does evil get there? <clears throat> well, is, are you asking for advice? or Because <laughs> <laughs> I've got some Take great it from tips. someone who knows. <laughs> yeah. This is, okay. When I first started being evil. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, how I, it is a serious question. How I read the emotion behind this is like, like how, this is such a strange condition to get into. It's so against God and what life is supposed to be. So how how does that happen? What do you think? Mm, there's just like there's a great Bible verse, and maybe I'll have to like follow up or something with it because it's, it's escaping my mind right now. But it it essentially encapsulates the fact that oh yeah, they they something something because their deeds were evil. Like it's it's Hated in Genesis. Yes, because their deeds were evil. And yes. so that, like, uh, 
that's sort of the uh, love darkness more than light because their deeds were evil. Yeah, right? it's like so Christmas story, something, something like that. Mm. So it's like where you, um, that's sort of the spiritual physics, if you will, of how does evil get there? Is we all have evil, but it's in when we are rationally choosing to do evil when we our actions are so involved in evil then it and we start to will it and love it then that's like it getting sort of stitched in in a deeper way um doesn't sound very hopeful there's lots of hope (laughs) (laughs) well the question is not like what's the hope it's just yeah 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 well uh i mean uh, in some places swedenborg sounds quite harsh about how we're all born you know with inclinations to evil of every kind, and without yeah. God, we would be completely evil. But he also says that we were created by God to be angels, and that there's an inviolable part in ourselves that holds that connection to God. Um, and I remember this guy's grandmother said, you know, I can't really wrap my head around the thought of being evil, but I can wrap it around the thought of being selfish. And, yeah. and, and just like, ha- and that is kind of how Swedenborg play- paints it sometimes with his succession yeah. of loves that yeah. be- being obsessed with self and like that's what's more important than anything. He would call that evil. And it's, it's easy to see for me yeah. how I could just totally feed my own self-interest and just forget about anybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, do- it doesn't seem that far off the menu. And that's his. At his- times. Is uh, like <laughs> that I have memorized is like it's a love of being in control from a sense of self importance. He says that's like the core evil that we all have in ourselves that that also is only bad when it loses its connection and its understanding of how it fits within that larger framework that you were describing of like having love for God and love for the neighbor, have it serve that. But so when if you just so that's that love of being in control from a sense of self-importance. That's that's the evil. Yeah. Karin, have you ever like read books about evil people, or like <laughs> I, I do you have any experience with that? Well, I could um, add in just a little history of because uh, maybe part of the question is like, how did we even get that option? Like, why is it in there? Mm-hmm. And um, it it got in there long ago there's this thing called spiritual heredity and um originally humanity was in in this proper order of loves where love of god and love of the neighbor were the main focus and then um just things going on outwardly like in the world and and your own situation were um subordinate to that like they they flowed from that and just gradually as people got um, more taken by external things than internal things. It just gradually shifted to becoming more um, self-focused and, and wanting to get things and things. And and so uh, we have just, oh, because this has been the case for a long, long, long time, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years, now we're all born into a state where our inner self, our innermost self is in a heavenly order, like there's goodness in there at our core and angelic love and the Lord's presence. Um, But we have this outer consciousness that's got this flipped order where we start out being mostly self-focused and self-concerned. And if we, you know, we have to be taught to like, okay, don't be selfish, share, you know, don't push to the front of the line and preschool and everything. we have to be taught to not go that route, those tendencies. So we have tendencies towards negative, selfish, greedy behavior that are just in there and they are gonna rise up and we need to be taught how to resist that and and go a different direction with the the flow that's coming from a deeper place in us, the love of love of God and the neighbor and a willingness to consider, you know, the value of others as well as ourselves. So we're born into this dual thing, this inner and outer self now, and we we have the free will choice to decide which direction to go, you know, whether to let the inner self um, win in the end and guide the outer self to be loving as well, or if we're going to let these uh, self, self-centered tendencies take over and block out that inner flow. And so 
evil is when just gradually over a long time a person has kept choosing over and over just the self-focused tendencies and over you know over uh the deeper tendencies to love the neighbor and going the other direction choosing good is when you choose love of the neighbor and service as the main focus and then let your um love of things and yourself uh flow from that so that's some thoughts great no i love it the the those i feel like we have this really good spread of explanations surrounding that um i want to offer one last thought but before i forget sam and elizabeth thank you much appreciated uh the support really makes all the difference in the world to us and i think i just want to it's it's kind of a summary amalgamation of what everyone's been saying already but and this is really yeah about how do we become evil in the modern age not not how did evil emerge in the first very first place which i don't know but it's all about pleasure. So when Swedenborg says we're evil from birth, it, what that means is that we have a tendency to enjoy evil things. Mm-hmm. That there's a, an appeal, like you have to stop kids from picking on each other because they just like to do it. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's not, right. it should be this weird Don't alien. Don't your sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, that, my grandma that you were mentioning before, she <laughs> once said like, doesn't it feel, to me, I don't remember this, but she says it, uh, don't, isn't it nicer when you are sharing with your sister and don't you feel better? And I, I said to her, supposedly, I've heard you say that, but I didn't notice <laughs> that we that we have this tendency to to enjoy evil things. So the process of becoming evil is when that it's not, not a lot of people are saying, well, I'm evil and I love being evil. They just think like, well, I enjoy that. I want that. And I'm I'm going to go for it, even if I understand that it's harming other people. And so the more we do that, the more we get uh addicted to it and mm-hmm. that's the right. that's the evil state it's just, then the, when the another i love that definition you gave chelsea of what what is hell and another one swedenborg gives is when the pleasure of evil is felt as good that is hell so yeah. anytime we think like ah the sweet revenge like mm. that's that's hell mm. and the more mm. we you do it a few times okay but the more you do it the, yeah. the more you're just developing this your physiology around it well and the reason why like the core principle at play is that Swedenborg says, love is our life. You know, what we love is who we are. And so that's like you're saying, if you're just getting, you know, continually feeding certain pleasures, that your love is going to become that. So we yeah. have to work on develop. That's the whole thing, what Swedenborg describes in sort of spiritual life is developing a new will, you know, having mm-hmm. a new will, a new kind of love. That's what we, that's the whole rebirth process, you know, that was, yeah. the, you have to be born again is really having a new will recreated you, the heart of flesh versus the heart of stone, you know, so that's what the whole Bible is talking about. Yeah, yeah totally. And and created through, initially through the intellect, because we, you're going to like, you're not start going to start feeling like, well, I, I don't want to pick on anyone, yeah. but you can learn that's not good. And re- regeneration in essence is I, that would be fun, but it's not good, so I'm not going to do it. Yes. Right. So it's yeah. like that. And then the new will gets created. It's awesome. Thank you so much, VE, for that <laughs> question. And thank you, yes. all of you, for sharing your wisdom on that. <sighs> Let's exhale and t- take a little fun break to, to thank the people who have contributed to us and made this all possible. It's time for our monthly ish donor raffle. <laughs> First of all, we want to just throw up on the screen. This is all the people who have donated uh, to us this month. Wow. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. You have everyone who, you know, this organization has touched this month. You've had a hand in that. And and going forward, you're setting us up. So thank you so much. Pause the screen. and Everyone print that out. Put it on your wall. Thank you. And now we want to try to give back just a token. Um, we're going to have a raffle. The first one is an all-donor raffle. So everybody who was on that graphic that you just saw, you could win this. Here we go. The raffle is done by computer, and it is going to be Celine Luzier. You get, hooray, thank you for your donation. You're going to get Heaven and Hell, the book, or the audio book for free, whichever one you'd like. Will uh, let us know, and we'll we'll send it right to you. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much. It's a great book, full full of like it's his most popular, but also just full of these interesting details. Yeah. The more you look in there, mm-hmm. 
Okay, here's this next one is the new givers. So if you gave for your first time this month, welcome. We're, we're so glad to have you. And here's what you're going to get. And this is who's going to get it. Misha Solomon. Yay, welcome, Misha. Misha. You get Divine Love and Wisdom, the book, or the audio book. <laughs> Divine Love and Wisdom, yay, the book. Okay. You more. already have Divine Love and Wisdom yeah, in your but, soul. Yeah. Such a good text, such a great comprehensive overview of, of what life is all about. And what you, that principle you were just saying. Yes, right? Love, love is, is your life. That's, you'll read it in the first number. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. <laughs> and finally, our recurring giver raffle. So if you've set up, if you've been able to set up giving to us on a regular basis, we really appreciate that stability. And so we're going to give one of you this. Charles, Charles Cole, Cole. Divine Providence, which the, somebody was saying, I think at the Off the Left Eye Experience, that that's the book of comfort, yep. Divine Providence. Mm -hmm. And I, man, do I agree. Yeah. So hopefully it brings you some comfort or joy or anything in between. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, donors. Uh, if you want to be, uh, you know, in the next raffles, go ahead and go to offtheleftei.com slash donate. Look at how quick <laughs> they are on the draw with that. Man, I must have a tell. I must do something with my shoulders when I'm about to... Talk about <laughs> donations. All right, let's get back to the questions. Thank you, everyone. The next question is from Brad Hunstable. Does Swedenborg mention those who took their life, good or bad? Mm. Well, a little bit. Yeah, he does a little bit. What, what is it? So, uh, oh, Karen, do you want to do you want to have a chance to go first on this one? I think the most important thing to start with is. That Swedenborg reports that nobody is good or bad due to one action, you know, like taking taking your own life is an action, you know, one action. But that is not what makes a person good or bad, meaning which means, you know, going towards heaven or going towards hell. Um, it's a whole life and intentions. Oops, I think I've frozen. Did I freeze? No, you're, no, you're you back. did, but now okay. you're back. Okay, okay. Um, it is a whole a whole lifetime of uh, the dominant intentions over time, the dominant choices. Um, that is what is ending up leading a person to heaven or hell, not one action, even the action of taking one's life. So I think that's the important thing. You can't define any person as good or bad due to the fact that they took their own life. Um, that, that said, it's not recommended because um, the despair that someone uh, might be feeling at that time, it doesn't erase, uh, you know, Swedenborg saw some people in the afterlife who had taken their own life and they were still trying to take their own life. So it, it uh, the underlying, um, uh, the underlying uh, feelings or what issues uh, will still need to be worked through. And, um, you know, a person will get help with that uh, either in this life or the next. But uh, like we were saying before, one has to learn to um, accept help. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, but the main thing is that one action is not what determines whether a person is good or bad. That's such a good point. And, and certainly when we hear that question, the context is, oh, is often in contrast with religious traditions that say that suicide is, is a automatic hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unforgivable sin. Yeah. Or right. Something like that. And, but then, and then on the other side, there's the, the, oh, well, if I don't like life here and the afterlife is so wonderful, can I just take my life and go there? And I think Swedenborg's answer is like right in the middle because he's saying, as Karin mentioned, that no, nothing's an automatic. You don't have to worry that your your person that you knew, that you loved, that took their life is in hell and that's un, you know unfixable. But also it doesn't, he doesn't also say, oh, it's no big deal to just kill yourself. It's, it's so, it's it's right there in the middle. He, yeah, he only mentions directly suicide a couple of times, but as Karin was mentioning, there's somebody who ha still has the knife in their hand that, mm. that they, they did it with, and so they're having to work through that. It's not a way out, but it's also not um, something you can never recover from, I would think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like there's just a lot of, you know, the principles of the spiritual world at play within this question that, uh, you know, from a Swedenborgian framework, a lot of people bring to this kind of a, to this, you know, question is like, um, when anybody dies, we first enter the world of spirit. So it's this realm in between heaven and hell where that's where we get to really work through 
uh, the things in our spirit, because while we're alive in this world, we're so focused, outwardly focused on external concerns, things like that, that, um, you know, it's, if we're even like mostly, you know, choosing some good things over evil things, we're on sort of a pathway to heaven, but a lot of the real spiritual work happens uh, in in the world of spirits. And, and another element that Swedenborg says is that because we live in this world that has, and with these physical bodies that have a lot of issues, um, you know, in certain circumstances where people are dying by suicide, then it's, there's a, can be mental illness that's going on and physical conditions that are limiting a person's ability to, um, to be able to think and make, you know, rational choices about themselves and, and have rational thoughts. Um, and so in that case, when somebody dies, we leave, those physical things behind those yeah. physical limitations. And so it's your spirit that's on the inside that is um, waking up and meeting angels in the world of spirits and getting to, uh, you know, think about things in a new way. And that's not to say everything that happened in this world was for naught or useless, you know, like it was a per, like it's a, a preparation um, and, and sometimes going through really intense experiences like that give you, uh, or you, I mean, like the tough circumstances that can be around a person's life who maybe ends up dying by suicide, can end up giving you knowledge and even spiritual gifts. I feel like to be able to show up for others who who struggle with things, mm. you know. So I feel, and that I feel like goes continues in in the afterlife, even after. Makes me think of um, the Swedenborg's assertion that a single action can look a thousand different ways. To an angel, mm. I think we were talking about suicide as this blanket thing, but I'm sure there's different conditions around mm-hmm. any, that action in a thousand different ways. I know Swedenborg does talk at one point about evil spirits rushing into somebody to get them to commit suicide. Right, right. Uh, so I think there's a, there's a whole spectrum in there. And so, you know, he talks about people who are in a state where they don't have rationality. That, that's sort of their spiritual life is kind of on pause during that. I'm sure yeah. sometimes that's so. It's 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 something that's as varied as the the human race. Yeah. Um, I want to say thanks really quick. Brenda made a donation, and wasn't there one Kathy? I think Kathy. Brenda yep. and Kathy. Thank you Woo-hoo. so much for letting us do what we do. We really appreciate it. Did you have further thoughts? I, I, it was pretty much the same. Just this thought about uh, rationality. The Swedenborg makes the point that the two things that make us human are mm. our freedom, our spiritual freedom, and our rationality. And he says that if anything that we do not in a state of fully functioning rationality, we are not held spiritually responsible for. Mm-hmm. So that's what mm-hmm. that's what you guys were both saying. But, but you said it very um, well. <laughs> I like to make that point because so often, it, I mean, it, so often suicide's in some state of desperation, yeah. um, perhaps based in physical in physical things and things of this world. Right. But anyway, um, out of your mind when you're out of your mind. Um, Things happen that you might not choose if you're really in your mind. I think that's been a problem is religion has been coming with this big hammer that just says this one thing to this really, uh, you know, yeah. heart-wrenching and complex yeah. issue. Which Life is complex and people are complex and the circumstances are complex. And, and with Swedenborg's description of the spiritual world and how it affects us, it gets even more complex. So I think that it's really key to have a a nuanced perspective when you're even approaching this topic. So thank mm-hmm. you, Brad, for bringing it up. Yeah. All right, let's let's do another one. Let's see what the next question is. DB, Ooh. what was Swedenborg's definition of free will from his <laughs> teachings? Mm. My belief is that our life is laid out for us with a final destination, but we choose how we get there. Interesting, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. So... Well, that is just so interesting because, yeah. you know, in we are like the Lord sees, knows all, all time is present to the Lord. We can't really have that kind of perspective. But so in a sense, it's not ever going to be something that, you know, I connect to in my mind, but God can see the whole path of my life. And so God knows there is this spiritual home that you know, that I am destined for, you could say, that's in heaven. And yet that's very different than my experience of life. And that, and that's maybe sort of the key interesting element that Swedenborg describes about our free will is that um, 
our life flows in from God. So you'd think, okay, we're sort of just like automatons. It just all comes from God. But an element of God's life flowing in is that it gives us the ability to act as if of ourselves, you know, to act as if we have life of ourselves and that we are our own independent autonomous beings. And that capacity in us is inviolable. That's that (laughs) word that you used earlier, you know, that that's never, uh, can't Can't be be taken away. Yep. And so, um, I love that. It's such an interesting, again, nuance is living as if of ourselves but that never goes away. So for me to get from here to that spiritual home, it's always going to be, I'm going to feel like I got there of myself and I'm going to get that joy or that satisfaction of, wow, you know, but I did this in partnership with God. Uh, so it's sort of similar to, to DB, but yeah. yeah. That's how I'm sure that's how a baby feels when it's hanging on your fingers and walking. Like, yeah. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm I'm going to start to reference a, a quote that I I don't know exactly what it is, but Karen, I think you'll probably know it because I just feel like you know them all. So so let let me know if if any of you have have heard this. But I think there is a passage where Swedenborg directly says that there are all these elements that we need for our spiritual growth. Yet the order that we, God is fluid in the order that we pick them up in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. Is that, Karen, is that right? It's not ringing a bell. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that it's, that, that there, there really is that, that, that. Okay. Well, this is like, oh, this is like somebody who saw a UFO and nobody else believes them about it. <laughs> I swear. Okay, I think I think it's in there, but I'm gonna. I'm, I'm now. I'm now doubting it a little bit. Okay. What What else? Oh. Anybody have? <laughs> Karen, I, oh, um, yeah. I, I think it's really important though to add in that everybody is predestined for heaven. So, no. Um, you have to. You know, anybody who ends up in hell used their free will <laughs> to decline the invitation to heaven because. Um, and there, there's a wording I'm struggling with. My brain's a little tired after the weekend. Maybe, but, yeah, um, we have this whole weekend. <laughs> there, yeah, but uh, there's like for people who choose to go that towards heaven, God is. There's a word, and the and the other is uh, foresee. So He foresees what we're going to choose. Um, provides. And, yeah, provides. One is provides for, and the and other. And then permits. It permits, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> nobody is ever predestined to go to hell, uh, you know, or to spend spend time in hell. Everyone is predestined for heaven, but but free will is real at the same time because we can decline that in, invitation and go the yeah. other direction. So, I just wanted to add that it up. Yeah, mm-hmm. even isn't it true? Even even hell, heaven and hell there's your spot and like if you god's trying to pull you up into heaven as high as you can go in it but if you're going into hell you go into like the hell that's in opposition to to your same thing so there's Mm -hmm. there's your place and god is trying to get you as much vertical um you know progress as possible but um there's there's either way there's our there's our destiny out there Mm -hmm. just how how exactly we want to live that out yeah and 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 also, uh, there's there's these levels of heaven that that people can choose to um, stay at one level if they if that's uh, where they feel comfortable. But I think there is a like a highest heaven <laughs> version of ourselves and potential that we can choose how far to go into our potential. It seems because there's God allows everybody to stay at the level that they feel comfortable that uh you know is not going to force anybody to to keep going so there we we definitely have options in the journey you know how how far we want to go and that it is a partnership you know god has this ultimate heavenly destination for all of us but we can opt how how much uh you know how how far to go towards that mm-hmm. I see in the chat somebody says, so God knows our choices before we make them. And that, is, that goes back to the first thing about time. If God being in all time, he does know what we're going to choose. It's, it's just the classic thing about freedom or um, 
predestination. But I, I, I solved it for myself in a stupid and simplistic thing about okay. I, I can. <laughs> Let me hear. I can offer my uh, granddaughter, my three-year-old granddaughter. I can offer her ice cream. She is perfectly free to say no. I know she's going to say yes. So she, I know what she's going to choose, but she's in complete freedom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. I mean, that's so silly. But, I mean, God who, knows, God knows us. Yeah. God yeah. knows yeah. us. And he's pulling for us. He wants us to be as happy as we can possibly be. And so if our happiness is to be self-centered and cruel, he's like, okay, honey, if that's what you really want. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's got to be a way that within the realm of possibility that you God can know something without having caused it. Like you yeah, think yeah. if God knows it, then He caused it. But we God's outside time and space, so mm-hmm. it, there's a way that that could happen. I don't feel like that's impossible. That we could be really involved in choice, but it doesn't. But God also can can see you know twenty moves ahead in chess. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I will say that I love the line, it's in Secrets of Heaven, that God does not rest until love takes the lead. And so that's even true, you know, mm. for the, like, he'll respect our choice because he's not going to override our freedom because that's, you know, the thing that he cares most about in us is for us to have that freedom. Um, but but he's going to, you know, God is t- working constantly to try to have us choose the more loving thing. Well, it's not yeah. like... Oh, you're you're choosing hell. Okay, man, I really tried. It was so great being God, <laughs> and I'm out of here. So Thank you, Michael. Um, that, that God is there every day with everybody who's everywhere and working every doing the same thing every day. He's always done, which is yeah. try to get you to go. Try to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Try to take care mm-hmm. of you. And if you if you say I'm gonna try to hurt all these people and do all these terrible things and throw myself deeper into this, okay, in that I'm gonna be mitigating that and trying to take care of you and give you the best day you can possibly have right. in mm-hmm. this. So I think there is just this kind of well, yeah, if it's if we're choosing hell, then God's like, Oh yeah, I remember Curtis, he yeah, he he was gonna be <laughs> cool, but he did that and man I miss him. No, like God is there. God is still there with everybody. Mm-hmm. Even angels are down yeah. are there all the time helping. I mean this is heaven is not like yeah, look how it turned out for you. I mean, it's, angels would right. gladly trade places. Angels spend their day trying to help that. So I think that's important just to like round it out mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, right. Wherever somebody gets themselves, um, God is, it's never static and it's never over because God is always working to pull people towards away from worser evils, towards lesser, towards goodness. It, that's There's constant, effort there to pull people back in a better direction um, at, according to what the person is uh, you know, able to accept. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Good. And thank you, DB, for an excellent question. I, I felt my I found myself like sort of thinking about the idea so much I forgot that we were doing this show. <laughs> so here we are. Wow, how long have we been here doing this? Okay, let's see if we can get another question in no here sense we, of time. before time. the end of it. This is next one is from Songs of Swedenborg. You are in the right place at the right time. What does Swedenborg say about music in the afterlife? Oh, good. I'm so glad he asked. And do couples who marry in the afterlife ever part ways? Hey, that's that's a twofer. (laughs) Okay, let's do the first one. Twofer in six minutes. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Swedenborg says some amazing things about music in the afterlife. One is just that it's sort of in all of us, and so there's these sort of spontaneous choirs of music that happen in Two, societies three. of angels. Uh, <laughs> uh, no? Okay. Can we and, edit, that? edit that out? And almost that these choirs, like this music, is, or it's so interesting, because he also, I guess he calls them just gyres sometimes. Yeah, gyres so, and choirs. Anyway, but if it's Spirals. musical, it like, like singing a song together helps you get in harmony spiritually with the people that you're around. You know, like it's a way to kind of organize people is to have that, to have that harmony. Um, and so there's, there's a whole lot of music it, and yeah. Is it like a musical? 
I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, we have this thing. Everybody loves to watch these movies. I'm thinking of like Disney movies or where, yeah. where people just like like you're watching the action and suddenly we're in a song and <laughs> yeah. and uh, the electric eels are singing. Yeah, yeah. Is that is that like? <laughs> yeah, I think happen? so. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you, Daffodil. <laughs> Daffodil made a donation. Much appreciated. If anyone did donate and I missed them, I'm so sorry. I'm like really wrapped up in all this stuff. Oh, and it just seems like songs are like passed to each other in heavenly societies. You know, so like then different heavenly societies will all be singing, but they're all singing different songs, but they all go perfectly together. Like Swedenborg witnessed this craziness. And it's all an expression of some kind of feeling, some affection. It's giving expression to some kind of affection or feeling or emotion or something that you're touched by, something that your heart is touched by. I mean, he even goes into details about what certain kinds of instruments are more spiritual and other ones are more heavenly yeah. affectional that love base right so like, the ones and with even, the breath as opposed yeah. to the ones with the strings and, and um, horns and yeah like like yes yeah, like, like celestial yeah. celestial heavenly ones or the so the horns really so many details about music karen music details and would do you want to kick us off on the other question do couples who marry in the afterlife ever part ways guys covered the music thing well and i'll just recommend two shows the spiritual force behind music show that we did and uh is there art in heaven both tons of music yeah instruments and voice definitely tons of it in the afterlife um do couples who marry in the afterlife ever part ways and i um i'm thinking of people who marry in heaven so um I think they do not part ways because I think when you are in heaven, you really understand who you are and can really perceive who other people are. And the Lord draws people together who are the perfect match for each other. So I think that couples who marry in heaven never part ways. That's my feeling about it. I have a thought about that. Yeah. Because... So, yeah, Karin is specifying heaven there because it's interesting that there is the world of spirits. And uh, we talked about this in an early episode of the Inside Off the Left Eye podcast, which I was sort of amazed to read this uh, story. Because Swedenborg is often using his experiences in heaven to demonstrate a principle of, like, this is how the spiritual world works. And in one of them, he's describing couples in the afterlife but it's in they're in the world of spirits they're not in heaven yet but they're like couples so it's like married couples but they actually get separated for a time and so there's this purposeful separation um for the individual people to do their own spiritual work before then they come together and are able to then progress in their relationship so it was just an interesting example Hmm. a sort of detail that I hadn't um, thought about before, but that, uh, you know, there's there's marriage counseling in, in the world of spirits, you know, yeah. like I think that people work on their relationships. So it's not, it's all just to say, do they ever part ways? It's like, like, it's about two people doing their spiritual work. So things might come together or move further apart, but that's, you still might be on that journey together so kind of like for the for the real spiritual work maybe it's better if we don't see each other do that <laughs> like because we want to be in love again you know yeah cool uh thank you so much songs of swedenborg for a couple of great questions we're at the end of our time wow. here look at that i want to say thanks to everybody so who donated we had 12 donors raised 505 dollars wow. to go Woo, go into you. um you know, making these ideas alive for people and reaching out into the world and seeing if anyone gets something good out of them. If you want to catch up again on the event, this weekend's conference, the first ever Off the Left Eye Experience, Becoming an Angel, go to becomingangel.eventbrite.com. There's a link in the description that will take you right there, and you can watch the recording uh, of the weekend and all the the community and, and depth that was there. So... Um, thanks. Uh, closing thoughts from the panel. Uh, how, how, how are you doing? I'm happy. Uh, I, spirits of time. The first question. Just I that know. hour was super fast. Yes. <laughs> I am so glad to get to be here at this desk again. For those of you who watch week or month after month, this is the first time we've been here in like two years for one of these shows. And uh, it's really fun. And so I'm just really grateful that 
this keeps happening and that you all show up because it's so fun to get to think about these ideas together. Karin? Uh, I want to clarify about the recordings. They're not ready yet from what I understand, but anyone who attended the event, the recordings will be sent to you when they're ready and anyone who would uh, didn't attend but would like to purchase the recordings, um, you can sign up to do that and when they're ready, they'll be sent to you. There's no, um, there's no real time. When your state is ready, they'll be ready. (laughs) If only. Um, This has been wonderful. Uh, You all blow me away. You know, this is just a a lovely extension of our weekend of just interacting with our audience. And we so appreciate all your insightful questions and your presence. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. It's been great. Have a great night, weekend, day, wherever you are. See you. Good night.